Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Nightside Project. I may be super, but I am no hero. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. You realize, though, Alex, this is just temporary. Yeah, I still took your parking space and I'm not giving it back. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. I got Alex Carey here with me. Alex, we're doing it. Yeah, giving the people what they want. Yeah, we did Finally. it. Finally, good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for being. You know, I've Look, got a flurry of, of tweets coming at me. This I know, past and week. they're so mean. And the, I mean, well, they're not they're really blame, mean, but I mean, they're blaming they're, us for the continued coronavirus struggle. And I know us or our bosses, because uh, well, you know we were we were willing to keep going. Our bosses said, I think we got this. We're yeah. good without you guys. And obviously, that was not the case. Right. I mean, look, it's like. Uh, I mean, we were, our bosses basically rolled in like George Bush with the Mission Accomplished banner. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hello, we have this thing figured out. So thank you so much, Nightside. Yep. We did it. See ya. And we're so, going we're gonna to stick with heavy jazz coverage probably well into <laughs> October. Oh, boy, the dang jazz. The jazz mm-hmm. stink. That went great. Uh, they don't stink. No, but you Come know on. what? I think, uh, I think what we, find, uh, we, we did find out, though, and I like ha- I refused to believe it. I was like, "No, they're awesome. They just had a, had a bad luck in those last three games." And uh, Ben Anderson, who works with us at KSL Sports, he was like, "You know what? Maybe that's as good as they are right now. In fact, that is exactly how good they are." But the problem was is that he, w- but he did say if they had Boyan, they had a hundred percent would have won in five games. So really. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody well, gets nice to, you get injuries and stuff like nice that. It's nice to see though some of the players really leaving it all out on the court. <laughs> what, cool, like right? all their tears? <laughs> I, your tears do nothing for me. How about a layup? Jeez. <laughs> hey, but I mean, I'm talking specifically about Donovan Mitchell. Right? I know. I, mean, who, I'm, who, I am too. Who he can got the say ball stripped at the very end? Well, nobody. Say- I'm, I get it. No, he did awesome. He's a sweet kid. Uh, if you're hearing this podcast, it means that we are dead. And. <laughs> In our last will and testament. Yeah. No, no. I just thought I just thought it'd be interesting that we come back and we finally do this. So if you're hearing this podcast, it means that we went off the air. Uh, and uh and yes, it only was six weeks ago or whatever it was, but yeah. Uh, I want to catch up with you though. Uh we really haven't been chatting. Uh you've been focused on your um on you know on Hey sports. football. College football is starting up this on, weekend. Mm-hmm. I've really improved my game on Call of Duty. Oh good. Uh, which is <laughs> A real focus of my very proud. Uh, I love that. I love that. Seriously, though, like on a from a prof- on a professional standpoint, 
I love that you're like tweeting stuff out. You're like, look at these stock market gains, burp. Well, I like, could oh, tweet out. I could tweet out information about Call of Duty. I could do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what people. Hey, want everybody. You what wanna, do people want? You want to be safe in retirement, or, or do people want to make money, or do they want to play it. video games? That's fine. I got it. But. You know, I, I I don't know what else. So to what do. have I been up to? What have you been up to? I'll start. Uh, we're uh, having another child. We are having another. We are having another kid. So the thing about let me ask you this though, because we're having child number six, and awesome. you you come from a you come from a family of large children. I do, but so do you. <laughs> yeah, so no, does, I was the sixth of so six Colin, kids. Right? Let me ask. Uh, kind of. My wife. My wife. Uh, she. They have five kids in her family. Let, <sighs> Pretty good. Yeah, but. Let me ask you this, because it's been embarrassing to reveal to people, uh-huh. because it, there's a stigma attached to it. Even in very fertile Utah, <laughs> even in very like like we're in a place where people are accepting already of you having a lot of kids. Yeah, and I'm getting bad. I get I get like you get a little side eye. I look I get looked at weird. Mm. That's just by my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like she. No, honestly, people look at her and they go, "This is what's been amazing, though," and. and She's always been pretty fit. She's always been yeah. very fit and does not look her age and all these things. And so we go on these walks around our neighborhood. And a lot of times, so our kids will be in school. Our kids are doing the hybrid plan or whatever. So on the days mm-hmm. that they're in school, we'll have maybe the youngest with us, you know. Yeah. And he'll be on his little bike. He's scooting around. And they always ask her because she's, she's due in less than two months now. She's due in uh, the very very end of uh, October. Uh-huh. And she was, And they were like, and they're like, so what's this one? People always come to me, so what's this one? Oh, it's a girl. Oh, that's great. You know, one's fun, but two is just, you know. And and it's and I don't – at first I would just like ignore it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to keep that ruse up of being no, like, really? No. Interesting. Like yeah, kids yeah, yeah. are weird, huh? I didn't yeah. know that. No, so you, you're right. You're but right. there's also this thing too where I know they're going to be blown away when I tell them, this is number six for her. Well, when they tell you, when they say those things like, "Well, one is two, one is great, but two is this," just say, "Hey, well, do you have any, do you have any advice for six? Right. Because I this go, one's number six. I go, well, and we have, just let them react. Well, because I know we have been. I've been going. Well, we we have. Uh, we, one day it was just she and I walking, and she goes, and this lady was like, oh, "So when are you do blah blah blah?" And 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 they were like, "You guys are gonna love it. Enjoy this walking by yourself while you can." That's what the lady kept saying. <laughs> And and I was like, we have five at home, and the lady's like, oh my gosh, and then they look at her and they go, wow, you have you're having a six kid, and it boosts her self esteem. That's the other reason I like telling oh, people because yeah. it boosts her self esteem. And like, it should. Oh, yeah. You've got yeah, she's very beautiful. But she's I but here's job. the thing though is that I feel super judged, and here's I've told you my theory over the years. Okay. Five is the new uh, eight, mm-hmm. and six is the new ten. So when people had ten kids back in the day. It, it happened in our community, but people were always like, "Why right, don't you guys settle down a little bit?" Like, yeah, that was the that was the kind of the vibe. I get that with six for sure. I mean, our whole reason we moved in March was we knew she was pregnant back then. It looked like, it, and that was the other thing is I didn't want people to think we're having a corona baby that we just got bored and then we have and a baby. Because like, let's, of have a, let's have number six. Right? No, this was well, this was know, this was planned in in at the end of last year, and we're like, we're gonna have this. Uh, we're gonna have this baby come twenty twenty at the end of twenty twenty, and uh, yeah, so we better figure it out. And then the Rona hit, and then yeah, all bets are off. So. Well, you know, it, there was there's always been something of a stigma, even back when I was growing up. I'm I'm oldest of seven, and I've learned 
this was never disclosed to me when I was a child because uh, my parents are pretty private. And yes. I don't know. How do you how do you talk about this uh, with your kids? But uh, there were times when people would try and talk to them about, you know, well, financially, how are you going to make this work? Because, you know, my mom's a teacher. My dad's an artist. And and uh, we've never been wealthy. And I can't think of anything more appropriate to bring up with someone than whether or not they're having too many kids and certainly trying to introduce a financial aspect uh, right. to it. Right. There's, mean, there's, two, there's two whammies in there where oh, you yeah. don't want to talk about those things. But people, for be, some reason, feel like talking about right. it. You're right. Could there be anything, anything more out of bounds and more not yeah, their business it's like, than it, this? No, it's like for this year it would be, I want to hear your political views after you tell me uh, how you guys are going to pay for this baby number 10. I know. It's like right. when people come up to you and they're like, what do you think about Trump? You're like, what? Who are you? <laughs> what are you? Tr- What's your game here? What's your game? What are you trying to uh, yes. do? What are you trying you to drag do it me now. into? You can't do it now. Everybody's like, no. Uh, it, there's something attached to it. It's just like I. That's why I avoid everything uh, that has to do with it at all. And you know, no. it's a weird. There was a weird thing that happened where sports mm-hmm. suddenly got thrust into the politics. Yeah. And Scott and I were total fish out of water. I was. I hate. I because I hate. I'm like, listen, we're doing this sports show. You know what that means? We never have to address politics. And then all the players were like, we're giving <laughs> up on politics. the season until you figure it out. And then we're like, uh, and then we get on the air. We go on the air the night that Real Salt Lake uh, oh. canceled their match, wow. like five minutes yeah. before that. And and we're just trying to roll out with the, uh, you know, with the, with the information of it. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, the NBA playoffs were in – in flux. So we, yeah. we didn't know if we were going to be having him still. Oh, and Scott's know, like, I think they should still play the playoffs. And people were like, how insensitive of you. You know, and it's like, okay, we're supposed to have an opinion on a sports show. We're not going to do that anymore. Welcome back. There are sports. Then they went away for COVID reasons. Then they went away for other reasons, what we won't talk about. So <laughs> we'll, back, we'll be back after this traffic and weather. <laughs> It'll last six weeks. <laughs> Well, you know, I was watching TV that night. I turned on the the match, and and I actually wound up watching. So the pregame, I actually was actually impressed with how well Brian Dunseth did. Oh um, yeah, he because all of a sudden he had like what a half hour, an hour to fill. Yeah, and none of it was sports. It was all like social and political. Oh yeah, it's like showing the picture a thousand times of the of LAFC and Real together yeah. on the field, and, and just keep showing it again. And, and I I was impressed at how well he did. You it's know, fine. pivoting to it, it's. These guys, that kind of thing. these guys, have, like all of these sports uh, folks, have had to just like be thrown into the fray, and it's just but been you, so but bad. I feel like, but well, hold on a second, though, and and I I've got no beef with any of the of the sports reporters out there. We know them, really good men and women. They do a very good job. But do you feel like they've been milking a little bit? Do you feel like sometimes their posts are getting a little sanctimonious? What the players? Oh, you no, mean the, I'm talking the, the reporters? The reporters. Uh, talking about the people that are covering the sports. Give me an Just, example. You know, about give me an example. How, uh, here's an example of a genre. Okay, and I've seen this tweeted many, many times. But the the lavishing praise on on Donovan Mitchell. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. as a as a leader. That's easy to do. You know, social community leader. But yes. I just feel like they're kind of in the spotlight socially and politically. And they're like a little bit milking it. I'm not talking about the players because the players have their agenda. Right. Right. And the players have a brand, too. That, I mean, That's don't, right. Don't mess around. As soon as I'm, Donovan I'm Mitchell talking... – and this is not me being cynical either. Donovan Mitchell is like, hey, on my new shoe that was supposed to come out, when we release it, the first $90,000 are going to go to charity uh, to pay for – I think it was to give uh, James Blake's uh, – um, 
uh, kids. The college, college, right? College money. education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and that's th- good. And I think that's I think that's great. But I'm the cynical part the of me always goes, "Oh, Adidas, I know what you're doing here." Because he was think... reading a script, you know, when he was doing the, like the thing, and I go, yeah. "Yeah, I get it." And he's a good dude. Like the thing is, is Donovan Mitchell's a good dude. But you know, the day after all these things get announced, and then you you you, you roll out the statement from Adidas and talk about how, yeah, I get it. No, but, but the see, players not, have to do it. I'm not talking about the players. Though, I know, I because, know. Because the players, have, the players are doing this for a specific reason. They're driving to something, right? They're trying to get to a place. I'm talking about the reporters have been kind of basking in it a little bit and like, oh, man, now we're the ones, now we're the mouthpieces for social and political you know, change here. And it's, I don't know, it's just felt a little... And I don't mean to offend anybody, but some in the sports reporters have felt a little. It's felt a little indulgent, self indulgent. Well, I'm telling you, I want to be. I want to avoid it uh, the most. And yet, you know, somebody even said they're like, "You guys not talking about it." Uh, you know that you need to you need to talk about this more. And because if you're not, then you guys are are the problem. You know, silence is violence, kind of a thing. And so it's a weird mix because obviously we, you know, we want to talk about the sports aspect of it. But then we're asked to like kind of comment socially on it, which is a hard thing to do. Well, I mean, it's, just, and, it's impossible. And here's how you do it. But well, you know it's how to do it though. Because, because I'll, I'll tell you why it's impossible. Because the reality is, is that our our, our bosses are like, don't screw it up. I mean, straight up, they're like, mm-hmm. don't say something that is not that. Don't say something that is going to get the entire community riled up against KSL because you said it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, we're in a weird spot here because everybody else can report on the news, but I have to opine on something during our I show. Th- well, I think, though, here's what you should fall back on. You should just fall back on, you know, your nightside training because this, we used to talk about this stuff all the time. I mean, we were we so like, were the so self-indulgent. Social justice, social justice stuff comes up and I just make fart noises. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, as, to- in, in, as talk radio hosts, we were for years the self-indulgent, you know, guys kind of basking in the glow of, of the attention of that current events brings you. I mean, we've been those people. So I'm just saying, let that guide you with the sports. The guy who should be nervous is Scott Mitchell. Cause he's, this is new for him. It's no, not new I know. for you. It's no, not new I, for you. It's exactly right. We've had meetings where he's like, I have not felt a hundred percent. Like I want to be diving into these things. And they're like, it's fine. Just don't say anything that's going to get you in trouble or well, us or anybody that's, else. That's the most important thing because here's, here is something that I've kind of come to realize, okay? And maybe share this with Scott. Well, I don't know. Don't share it with him. I don't care. Um, but um, it is nowadays you cannot escape what you say. And so sometimes it's better to just kind of stay quiet on some things rather than have to kind of walk it back in the future. So here's here's an example, okay? Uh, we don't know what changes are going are gonna to come after all of this stuff. But if you look back to, like, the Martin Luther King days, all right, there are so many people that are alive today of a certain generation. And when they talk about how they always supported Martin Luther King, they're lying through their teeth, okay? (laughs) Because most white people didn't support Martin Luther King back in the day. They hated him, right? They hated him. Nowadays, though, he's universally appreciated. So there's a generation of Americans that were allowed to quietly change, Right. And to quietly just kind of pretend that, well, they have always been like that, which is fine. You know, we're getting there. Right. We've, we arrived there in, in, in terms of perspective on on uh, Dr. King. And we're going through a period of social upheaval again. 
The thing is, though, is that we're not going to be able to just quietly pretend that we didn't say the things we said and we didn't support the things we supported. That's not available to us. It's available to our parents and our grandparents. They can just be glad that no one recorded what they said in 1969, right? <laughs> At their houses. That's right. Yeah. But today... Or on their sports shows. That's right. Today, yeah. no such luck. Yep. It's going to follow you. And so it's really good advice to just be careful and try and learn as much as possible uh, because the situations are going to change. The expectations are going to change, and our own individual perspectives are going to change, and, and we have to be able to work through that process. We can't sabotage ourselves by shooting our mouths off too early, I think. Uh, Ethan, yeah. we, uh, we did it. We did it. We got together. We did a little, uh, did a little show. Did a little, got people, got people uh, back into it. Yeah. So, look, we're going to start putting these back. Uh, we're going to do a few of these a week now, right? Is that what we yeah, decided? Man, yeah, absolutely. But I not think, tomorrow. I think it was, no. I think it was <laughs> just, AJ we Party. We do it tomorrow. I'm I think AJ teasing. Party tweeted us and just said, "Look, how hard is it? I think they're talking not to you. Hard. How hard is it? Set a set a date. Set a couple times a week aside and do some episodes. Would you? <laughs> What's it going to cost you? My thing is, I'm in front of a board most of the most of the afternoon every day. Yeah. Uh, no, this I is just, just have to. I have to squeeze week. it. I have to squeeze it in between show prep and. Uh, and, and going to get drinks, you know? Mm -hmm. Go down to the free soda machine. Uh, Ethan, we'll be back again for another Nightside Project in the near future. So for Ethan, I'm Alex. We'll see you next time, everybody. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.